Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is the greatest thing about sports. Is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Happy Tuesday to the Ticketverse. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin. He is Rico Enrique Alvarez Clary, and we are glad to be with you. We've got uh, a nice show for you put together. Well, we didn't really do anything, but uh, the, there's been some news in Huskerland. A, a transfer. Uh, IGC has hit the transfer portal. We sad. Also, yeah, kind of sad. We'll, we'll break that down here in a minute. Also, Mickey Joseph and uh, some players talking to the press. Um, but uh, before we get to that, we want to thank somebody for bringing us some lunch. Yeah, shout out to Taylor from Lincoln's Pub for bringing by some tacos. I believe that if you listen on later to uh, some of the Take a Weeknights that will be going on tonight, I think he'll be coming back with some more food. But if you guys want to, Lincoln's Pub, they have some weekly specials today, Tuesday. You can guess what it is. Taco Tuesday. Right. We got some tacos here that he brought us. Three street tacos, chicken, pork, beef for $9. $5 gets you frozen house margaritas. And if you haven't heard about Lincoln's Pub and Dak Shack, uh, I suggest you get down there and uh, get you some delicious food and some fantastic drinks that they got going on. It's, it sounds amazing. I've had a couple of things from there. I had a, They had some pizza last week that was uh, fantastic, just, mm-hmm. just delicious. So, uh, yeah, go on and get yourself some food. It's yeah. it's fantastic. It's a yeah. great. I can't wait to try some of these tacos during the break. So, yeah, like I said, chicken, to... pork, and beef. I already laid claim to the pork, so you can okay. have the chicken and the beef if you would like. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh, but yeah, Taco Tuesday today at Lincoln's Pub. Nine dollars gets you three street tacos. So get on down there and get yourself some tacos on a beautiful Tuesday. There you go. Easy, easy enough. Uh, let's get into the the news. Like I said, with the the Husker football team today, it's the last day uh, that any player can transfer uh, out of the program. Um, because of the Scott Frost mm-hmm. firing. So you get a month after your coach is fired to get get that opportunity. You get a free transfer. You get a free transfer. And uh, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda ultimately decides uh, to do so. The reports were done pre-press conference. Uh, and then we had uh, Mickey Joseph expand on a little bit that IGC wanted to be the number one guy. That's something they couldn't really do for him. Um, maybe looked like it was a possibility coming out of the Northwestern game. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of he kind of just fell down the depth chart and uh, feels, you know, who knows what the, what the case may be. He's new to Lincoln. Maybe just never felt the fit was really there to begin with. Maybe it feels like there's um, some preferential treatment on the depth chart or whatever. Um, but no longer Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. He was not quite one of your guys, was he, or was he? He was definitely one of my he guys. He was one of I, your guys. I, 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 call, <laughs> I called it before the Northwestern game. He was going to have a breakout game. Sure enough, had a breakout right. game, and I was feeling great about it. And then he just kind of disappeared for the, re- the remaining games. He had multiple targets in a lot of games. He had one catch after the Northwestern game against Oklahoma that went for zero yards. Uh, he also had two drops against Georgia Southern, I believe. It just it just didn't materialize. He kind of fell out of favor, uh, maybe with the coaches, maybe with Casey Thompson, and uh, wasn't being targeted as much as some of the other uh, receivers. So he wanted to be number one. I think we all know who the number one receiver is. Um, so it just didn't work out, and he'll get his free transfer, and hopefully he has success wherever he goes. I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, just because he wanted to be number one, didn't get his number one as transferring, I'm not going to root against him. I mean, I, I hope he does well wherever he decides that, wherever he ends up. 
Do you see this as a, as a big hit to Nebraska? Um, or is it, you know, it, it seemed like he at least gotten to the point where with some of those rotational guys, he was just one of the guys. And I don't mean that in a, in a rude way, but with like kind of Alante Brown, Oliver Martin, him. There, you know, Trey Palmer's the standout, and mm-hmm. then you've got some guys that are they're hopefully Trey Palmer and Marcus Washington. Trey right. Palmer and Marcus Washington are your are your one two, and then everybody else after that is 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 there, and they have their own specialties and and whatever they do. You know, Oliver Martin had the deep catch touchdown uh, against Indiana to open the game. Uh, Almost Alante, got in twice. Yeah, Alante Brown has been really good in in short passes and making people miss and gaining gaining a couple yards, kind of like a first down kind of guy, a little possession receiver. Um, but I don't. I don't see it as a big hit losing Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. I mean, it would be good to have somebody that had glowing reviews coming out of fall camp from Mickey Joseph as as one of the guys that could be a difference maker. But the fact that he's been kind of just disappear like a disappearing act uh, for the couple last couple of games and it hasn't really affected Nebraska I don't I don't think losing him is going to do much plus you have Tommy Hill moving over from corner to wide receiver uh he did play receiver in high school and had a thousand yards and I believe double digit touchdowns his senior year so it's not like he's you know new to the position he's just new to the position in college so I I, I don't believe that it's a major hit to Nebraska but it I mean it would be nice to have somebody who was getting rave reviews from your receiver coach coming out of fall camp still on the roster when I think from today just a, a few of the different things and Tommy Hill's one of them is that I feel like this uh, Mickey Joseph is more of a player's coach maybe than the previous regime um, he said that uh, Gabe Irvin uh, had a decision not to play and he said the, the decision will be up to the players and and Gabe Irvin didn't feel like he was he was you know ready to play because of a toe injury but Saying that maybe would lead you to believe that maybe the decision wasn't as much up to the players before. Um, And then with this, uh, you know, with this Tommy Hill move is very intriguing because I think Tommy Hill just wants to get on the field. He wants to find a way to help the team. You have Mm -hmm. to believe Um, he was a top 200 recruit uh, before he went to Arizona State uh, as a cornerback. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of teams are kind of projecting him. Um, But if he feels like he's kind of falling in the depth chart there, maybe he feels like he can play at wide receiver. I don't know how much to expect. I mean, he he, he warmed up with them, didn't really get any snaps uh, this past game at wide receiver, but maybe you would think that's kind of the transition week. And then once again, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when he made the transition to wide receiver, but maybe yeah. he just didn't get enough practice with the wide receivers. He practiced, according to Casey Thompson today. Uh, Tommy Hill practiced with the ones uh, today, and they've already developed a pretty good repertoire, or not repertoire, pretty good rapport uh, on on deep passes. So that that leads you to believe that maybe you'll see a little bit more Tommy Hill in the future at wide receiver, but. Uh, he he kind of fell behind Malcolm Hartzog, who's, who's starting now, and and Brandon Moore, the transfer from UCF, who who uh, had some big plays against Rutgers. So it's uh like you said, he he just wants to get on the field. He's a supreme athlete. You also heard that coming out of fall mm-hmm. camp. So just getting him on the field is something that you can you can bet on the coaches trying to do. But it is it is just interesting the way that you see it because he did I mean like you said he is he's a supreme athlete he's getting comparisons to Cam Taylor Britt obviously at cornerback that wasn't uh, playing off but either you know both of them are kick returners punt returners for a reason because yeah, they'll be some, starting a kick return yeah they're some of the best athletes on the team um, and you just kind of wonder you know is this especially against a Purdue team um, that is going to air the ball out. 
Um, Malcolm Hartsog, as as well as he did rebound, rebounding last week, he mm-hmm. was a, a target, and he had to be pulled to a degree uh, with Brandon Moore going in there. Um, you still have Braxton Clark back there as a backup, and obviously we'll see with Quentin Newsom's health, who's day-to-day right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like, to me, it might be more useful to keep him at defensive back for another week, but that's why I think maybe it's – this is more of a player-led decision as he's trying to find a way to, to help the team and, and get playing time. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong. You know, that's just the, that's the, my outsider. I don't want to say, like, he's being greedy or anything, like, <laughs> he's moving to wide receiver. It could be one of those things where he asks the coaches, you know, what can I do to get on the field? And, you know, he's already playing special teams. He's been playing special teams. So it could be one of those things where he asks, what can I do to, to see more time on the field? And they're like, well, I mean – we're losing a wide receiver. If you want to move over there, maybe we can get you on the field. And he made that decision, and the coaches agreed to it, and they moved him over, but especially with you know the emergence of, of Brandon Moore at corner. So now you have two corners opposite Quentin Newsom. Hopefully he, he is healthy and ready to go against Indiana, but you also have Braxton Clark. The The secondary room is is pretty deep. So having losing Tommy Hill, yeah, it kind of hurts because, as you said, he was a top 200 recruit, but – you, you have enough bodies, you have enough capable bodies to, to put back there that moving him over to receiver shouldn't hurt you too much in the secondary. And I don't know, oh no, never mind, Caleb Tanner wears number two, I was going to say. I, I, maybe yeah. he'd be able to move back over to defense and wear number, <laughs> just wear number two. To switch his number yeah. again, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of thinking, too, is, is maybe, you know, maybe I'm thinking back to Lamar Jackson where, you know, he, did, he was the same type of thing, super, supreme athlete, did get benched, worked his way back, and eventually starting in the NFL. Um, I, you know, that that's kind of what my thought with with Tommy Hill is. Maybe you know you kind of go through a similar path. He's a young guy, still just a sophomore, um, and. Uh, so maybe that's in the cards too, but I mean, I, I'm excited, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily a two way player down the line, but I'm just excited <laughs> to, for that possibility. Even, um, you know, that guy, uh, that is, that has that level of athleticism. Um, I just still don't know what to expect from that wide receiver. It's rather new. Like you said, he has played at, at wide receiver in high school, but you know, high a really school, good receiver in high school, but there's a difference between a good wide receiver in high yeah. school and, and going to the big 10. So we'll see. Uh, and then does he. Because what he needs to do is, like we were just kind of saying, is stand out to a degree to make the move worth it. Is he going to rise up the depth chart there? Is he going to mm-hmm. be, or is he just going to get lost amongst the shuffle of guys that get, you know, it's a lot of receivers, six or seven snaps a game. There's yeah. a lot of receivers out there, so you got to see if he'll he'll be able to do it. But I mean, hearing Casey Thompson say that they've developed some type of relationship on deep passes, and he was practicing with the ones today. I mean, that that's got to mean something, right? That that he's already stood out to enough of a degree that he's getting a, he's able to run with the ones, and that Casey Thompson feels comfortable throwing deep passes to him. It's, I mean, it's something. Yeah, so we'll it's see. It's a start. It's it's something. It's in. It's it's a twist. It's something. It's kind of exciting, if for nothing else, um, for a guy that that quite honestly was not playing the last couple of games at cornerback. So, um, you know, it's not like you lose too much there. As long as Newsom can stay healthy, um, mm-hmm. they have options there. So we'll kind of see how it plays out. And again, he's he's not gone. <laughs> you know, IGC is, but uh, <laughs> Tommy Hill's not gone. So if they ultimately get thin back there, need to move him around, uh, they could always do that again. Uh, how about this though, too? The, at the end of the press conference there was a question about the black shirts and he just and mickey joseph said just said no nope. so he was see you guys gonna, later wasn't gonna answer about it i was kind of surprised i thought nebraska probably I, I thought that that would be uh kind of a good feeling type of story that they could have went with this week uh whether or not they got the black shirts i don't mm-hmm. know because mickey joseph just doesn't want to talk about it but um you know i thought that would this would be an opportunity i don't know if i he- think maybe it's one of those where they've been playing so well without them you don't want to kind of and I'm not saying that this would happen with any of the players, so don't 
quote me on this, but maybe he's thinking you don't want to give him big heads by giving him the black shirt saying you've played so well. Congratulations. Here's your black shirt before you go up against a much better offense than the last two that you faced. So maybe it's something where after this one, if they perform well, if they perform to to their ability, so to what they've done the last two games um, and they win, because I don't think they'll be handed out after a loss. Um, that they get those going into the bye week. And then, you you know, you have an extra week of practice with the black shirts, time to soak it in, you know, deal with your with your newfound practice jersey and um, and then head into the Illinois game with uh, newfound confidence. Well, and I think, too, if you think about it in the, in the long term, obviously, as we're in the moment, it kind of feels like, you know, th- you're going to remember this down the line. But when you think about, you know, when the black shirts were handed out in the past, Sometimes it, it just, you know, it just kind of get lost along the, the storylines of the season. So obviously uh, near and dear to a lot of, um, you know, former defenders and, mm-hmm. and just the Husker fan base as a whole. I love that the Husker fan base celebrates defense in particular. Culturally, that's cool <laughs> if you're even recruiting a defensive defensive player. Um, but, you know, I... I, I I, I guess my thought was that maybe you don't want to you don't want to do it too long because eventually you're going to go up against an offense like Purdue or you know somebody's going to throw up thirty on you and then you're going to be like well what do we just do it after the next good decent mm-hmm. performance and then what's that game then you eight? end up with the Bo Pelini where you just kind of handed them out right I, and I think that that's the that's the danger they're kind of walking by if they're, if they're not handing them out now is that eventually you're just kind of just going to hand them out because you probably should at that's some true. point but I mean you do you do want the the defenders to prove that they have earned the black shirts and again they've had they put up two shutouts in the two second half yeah. it doesn't really matter who you go up against but at the same time they weren't facing very juggernaut offenses they were facing an Indiana squad that likes to you know toss the rock around not at a very efficient rate and they're facing a Rutgers offense that has no idea who their quarterback really is so in those in both of those situations yeah you 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 held them to uh 14 and 13 points because the block or the uh whatever, the uh, fumble touchdown doesn't count against the defense. So you held Indiana to 14, you held Rutgers to 13. Yeah, congratulations. But neither one of them are in the top 50 offenses. I I believe Indiana might be in the top 100. Rutgers definitely isn't. So, you know, now you're facing an offense in Purdue with a second-team conference quarterback and a possible and no there are too many good receivers second team wide receiver mm-hmm. uh so if it you might can, be first team. it may be but so if you can put up good defensive numbers against this offense then maybe maybe that'll be enough to get you those black shirts back because you know after the performance against oklahoma and the the performance against georgia southern it's still it still stings a little bit especially now with the way that all of the teams that have beat you have, have been faring well and then, and again that, that kind of factors into it too is that this their overall rankings are still not very good, despite shutting out teams in the in the second half of the last couple of weeks. They're in the top seventy, I believe. I don't. I think they're still dangling in the in are the they? I'll triple digits. Maybe that uh, was most no, no offense. They were like sixty first or something. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it it's, it takes quite a bit when you give up five hundred yards yeah. plus in your first few games. So uh, that's what they're battling back for. Regardless of whether they have black shirts or not, you can tell that they've got momentum and they've got confidence. So we'll kind of see what they have. But they do have us uh, like we like we've been saying uh, considerable more. Uh, of a challenge this week with mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell and, uh, and Purdue's passing offense coming in. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll uh, jump back into a little bit more of what Mickey Joseph had to say today. Uh, also, sellout streak extended. That's one of Rico's favorite topics, so we'll yeah, get on that coming up next year. <laughs> the Ticket Water Goal on 93.7 The Ticket.